G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. So what is our topic? You might be aware of the developing issue that is sending shockwaves through the Uniting Church in Australia. In fact, it's sending shockwaves through the entire church around Australia, a vote that will allow ministers in the Uniting Church to conduct same-sex weddings. The 265-member assembly approved two separate definitions of marriage, which it said will be equal yet distinct. The traditional definition of marriage between a man and a woman will exist alongside a new, broader definition of marriage between two people. And it won't be just the Uniting Church that will be affected by this type of change. All churches undoubtedly will be forced to revisit their position on these issues. The assembling of, now this is the group within the Uniting Church called the Assembly of Confessing Congregations within the Uniting Church have anticipated that this change was coming. But today we're looking to talk about the big picture context of what's happening in the Uniting Church last week. And what does this decision mean for all churches? Well, our special guest will have some significant insights to offer. Damien Wilde leads the Australian Family Coalition. He was the CEO of the Marriage Alliance that led the defence of marriage between a man and a woman late last year. And Damien is joining us. Damien, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me. Damien, when I say shockwaves uh, within the Uniting Church and uh, really around all churches, uh, is that an overreaction to what's happened? What are your thoughts on on whether this, in fact, is uh, something very significant? Yeah, Neil, it's certainly no overreaction to state it as you did. I think it is something seismic in its nature. Um, I was reflecting this morning on the fact that for the millions of Australians who voted no last year in the marriage survey, it was disappointing enough to have the government, uh, sorry, the parliament redefine marriage or attempt to anyway. How much more must it be disappointing for, for Uniting Church rank and file members to have their church change its teaching on them? That must just truly be devastating. Well, of course, there's that group within the Uniting Church. Uh, that's called the Assembly of Confessing Congregations. Uh, they were really anticipating that this change was coming. In fact, uh, there's this sort of uh, you know growing in momentum of this Assembly of Confessing con- uh, Congregations within the Uniting Church. So it's something that was not just uh, it w- wasn't just something that came to the fore last week. This had been anticipated uh, for a long time that this was coming. Was this something that you were aware of as well? Well, certainly, um, I guess there's, there's a two-sided um, aspect to this. Firstly, that there was something of that seismic shift within the Uniting Church occurring. Uh, I think the ACC, among others, have been aware of for quite some years, and they've been very prudent in um, you know, trying to safeguard um, a traditional t- church teaching in this manner and build a support network for, for like-minded Christians. Uh, the more immediate question of uh, you know, this assembly that, that has just voted, 
Um, they have obviously been aware that uh, quite a number of motions were going to be tabled at that meeting and, and debated. Um, so the confessing congregations have done some very good work in this regard, uh, you know, to prepare themselves. And for what it's worth, um, you know, I had quite a bit to do with them during last year's marriage campaign. Uh, and, you know, throughout the, the whole experience, they were remarkable in, in their support of traditional marriage. Okay. Now, when we talk about flow-on effects of the marriage decision, uh, we knew that when the uh, Australian vote came in and uh, that gave permission for the government to make the changes that they did, that there would be flow-on effects. Is this, and this is where some people will say uh, just how significant, you use the word seismic, which gives us a real indication that this is earthquake-style decision within a body of the church. But when we talk about flow-on effects, uh, does this, in fact, mean that there'll be flow-on effects to many other denominations as well? Well, I think so. And even, firstly, within the Uniting Church, uh, I don't think people have necessarily appreciated the full impact that are likely to be had yet. The point was made earlier about... um, uh, when when ministers start to uh, perform same-sex ceremonies, uh, it's going to be much harder for others to dissent from that. Uh, I would go a step further and say there are going to be instances down the track, no doubt, of ministers and their congregations being at odds on the issue. Now, currently, the Marriage Act, as redefined, supposedly gives church buildings uh, and organisations the right to opt out as well. But what happens when a minister and their own congregation are at odds on the issue? There is so much... Uh, uncharted territory here, and I I do fear that that will all end up in court. Um, Going on to other denominations, look, certainly this is going to encourage, um, you know, dissident liberal activity, dare I say, in other denominations, Uh, but how that plays out, of course, depends on the denomination in question. Uh, Some have very sort of centralised structures, others do not. But I think that the take-home message from this is not one so much of sort of legal compulsion. Many of the fears were expressed during last year's marriage campaign. But um, as I said earlier, that seismic sort of shift, um, the uh, the broader societal impact, people feeling less free to, to express their belief in man-woman marriage, I think that's what we're starting to see play out here. Now, I should just mention, and uh, it is significant, that you're not from the Uniting Church. In fact, uh, so Damien, we talk about uh, the role that you have uh, with the Australian Family Coalition, and and you come from a Catholic tradition. Uh, So when we talk about these sorts of things, uh, perhaps, you know, we'll just have a context uh, as we go through the conversation today. And and listeners, you might like to, if you're contributing to our conversation on our talkback line, we might even ask you, uh, you know, which denomination you're coming from because uh, people from all sorts of denominations are welcome to call in and be a part of our conversation. A special invitation though for people who are within the Uniting Church if you'd like to share your thoughts on what uh, you feel has happened within your denomination that would be a very very good thing. Uh, In this regard to the idea of a domino effect uh, interested in what you say, Damien, where some churches have a more centralised administration. In fact, that gives a, a really uh, sort of a uh, you know a, a rock solid position, whereas others don't. Some are more independent; they're making their own decisions, and they'll be pressured, I imagine, uh, by people who uh, want to see things change. Uh, what are your thoughts on 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 just the the way that some churches are a little bit stronger than others? Well, again, that's sort of multi-layered, Neil. Um, You know, I I dare say that at local level, uh, individual congregations will be, uh, unfortunately, sort of angling one way or another. 
right through to the international stage where I'm sure many of your listeners have been following with interest the, the events of GAFCON, uh, the, the uh, similar movement to the ACC within the Anglican Global Communion. Um, and they've recently had their international gathering in Jerusalem. And of course, all we see there is a playing out of these issues at a much larger level where uh, whole countries and you know, regional bishops' conferences have basically fallen in and out of communion with, with one another based on uh, each church's views on, on marriage and same-sex teaching. So I think that we're going to see that played out at the local level uh, and this could be a, a difficult and divisive issue for the Christian community for quite some time. Now, interestingly, as you talk about the way that churches might have this division, of course, uh, you know, if I'm just being, you know, common sense about this, when churches are having an internal dispute, an internal conflict that needs to be outworked and perhaps over years, uh, that means that the, well, you know, you can, there's that old saying, you know, you can uh, walk and chew gum at the same time, but it does take the focus off the mission of the church when the church has to fight its own internal conflicts and takes its eyes off the mission to uh, be an influence and to reach the whole world with the gospel and disciple believers. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the fact that we might be facing an, a time of internal conflict in many, many churches around Australia? Well, absolutely. I mean, even at a societal level, we saw that last year when um, many uh, among the churches were focused wholly and solely on the marriage debate uh, and and other very eventful things were happening in society. In Victoria, for example, we saw euthanasia legislation passed. And I have no doubt that, um, you know, if these divisions in the church are allowed to, to fester and continue, then, you know, it will be to the detriment of the church's mission. Uh, and that would be a very sad thing. I think what is probably needed in these circumstances is for individual churches, um, the confessing congregations, but, you know, among other denominations, people not to shy away, people not to feel that, um, you know, their opinion is, is second class. Um, you know, it is still okay to say no. Um, that, that maxim should still ring in people's ears. Uh, and this is the irony that still has to be played out within the Uniting Church when they have, as you said earlier, two uh, teachings on marriage now, but two completely contradictory ones. Um, it, it just It's something that's going to take a while to play out. Damien Wilde is our guest. He leads the Australian Family Coalition and uh, in his former role as the CEO of Marriage Alliance, he led the defence of marriage between a man and a woman late last year. Uh, we're getting thoughts and insights today and I want to open our talkback lines now uh, for your thoughts. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. I'd like to hear from you, uh, whether you're in the Uniting Church or whether you're in the Anglican Church or the Catholic Church or uh, if you're a Pentecostal or an Evangelical, uh, you're welcome to be a part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Or you can leave a question or a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. We're back with more in just a few moments. Life. Culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Damien Wilde, our guest this hour, leads the Australian Family Coalition. The website is ostfamily.com.au. Our talkback line is open. It'll be busy and we'll try and get through as many calls as we can uh, over the next 45 minutes. Uh, so, uh, Damien, let's take some calls. Let's first of all take a call from Darren, who is in Underwood in Queensland. Hello, Darren. Welcome along. Yeah, hi, Neil. Hi, Damien. How are you going today? Very well. And uh, yeah, Darren... Yeah. 
your thoughts on uh, on what we're talking about today, so far as the Uniting Church? Um, it's yes, what a interesting case, isn't it? But um, I've seen uh, this week. I'm not going to put any names in this, but um, there was a, a representative from the Catholic Church speaking on a program, and um, they they highlighted what's happened in the Uniting Church. And they said, well, they've been able to adopt these two views of marriage within the uh, Uniting Church um, and implying that other churches should follow along. And the Catholic representative said, um, yeah, but we're still in a democracy and we don't, we don't make laws for, um, you know, things that, ideas that we like and then just shut out the ones we don't. But um, so each person has a right to their view. But um, within the Uniting Church, um, I think it's a, it is a concern that uh, groups will try and uh, press the rest of the church, the body of Christ, into that mould. But um, I, I would uh, personally, I wonder, uh, there must be a lot of, I, I think it's an incorrect statement to say that it's the Uniting Church. I think uh, there's plenty of people in the Uniting Church, same as when Australia voted on this issue, that don't um, agree with that. To say Australia supports it is probably incorrect as well. Um, but I think that uh, it's a lesson for all the churches uh, where 265 people can take a vote uh, on something so um, important and change the uh, whole view of a church um, that there needs to be a way of um, allowing everyone to vote on it mm-hmm. so that we know that it is the whole church. Darren, there's some interesting thoughts you've got there. A response from Damien Wilde. Yeah, look, Darren, you raised some really good points, and my friends who were present at that meeting uh, and around it, because some of the sessions were held in confidence, um, they expressed similar points uh, to the ones you did, particularly that there should have been a much more grassroots discussion of these things down to sort of, you know, synod and and congregation level. Uh, It's unfortunate that that was not permitted. Those discussions are going to have to occur nevertheless, because... Uh, each of those bodies is going to have to determine their own position and uh, as to whether same-sex ceremonies will be allowed to take place on site. So, no, I take your point completely. Um, likewise, the the rank-and-file members of the Uniting Church who um, must feel upset that this decision has basically been imposed upon them, um, you know, that's a difficult one. It really is. And I think the message for them is, uh, regardless of our, our denomination, that, you know, we all do stand together on this. Darren from Underwood, thank you so much for your call. Lots of people trying to get through. At 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take a call from Marianne in Adelaide. Marianne, welcome along. Good morning, gentlemen. I just wanted to uh, bring up something that I keep wondering why no one ever discusses. It's the testimony of those who have been transformed by the power of God's love and have become new new creation in Christ. Um, um, I often listen to the testimonies of many who have left the homosexual lifestyle and it seems to me they get ignored. It's almost as if that whilst they confirm what the scripture says, everyone seems to ignore the fact. I just wonder why. Marianne, good point. And uh, this was something that had been going on right up into the lead up to the marriage vote last year. Uh, where this type of transformation of someone who was from a homosexual lifestyle and uh, because of this transformation that they would say is because of God's wonderful work in their life that they had changed. But, of course, no one in mainstream media wanted to talk about that at all. Uh, Your thoughts, Damien 
wild for Marianne in Adelaide? Well, it's it's a good point that Marianne raises. I'm not sure I could possibly do it justice other than to say that you know, the Christian faith is always going to be a sign of contradiction in the world, particularly when, when it runs so contrary to the prevailing winds. Um, you know, I have a very good friend um, who is a, he's a convert. Um, he formerly led you know, same-sex attracted lifestyle. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's got an incredible testimony, um, and I'm sure there are many others out there like him. It's just always going to be, um, you know, difficult in this current climate. Uh, but, you know, people should be encouraged nevertheless to, you know, try to, to share their stories and to share those of others. Uh, Mary Ann from Adelaide, and just before I let you go, Mary Ann, of course, uh, when those sorts of issues are discussed and where you apply a Christian worldview to someone changing their sexuality, there's always this accusation that somehow or other you're trying to uh, in- involve people in some sort of uh, therapy. And, uh, and of course, the mainstream media doesn't report on that because it steps on the toes of uh, the left and from the LGBT. Uh, so anyway, but thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line's open on 1-800-316-316. Lots of people getting through. Let's talk to Shana, who is in Melbourne. Hello, Shana. Welcome along. Good morning. Um, you pronounce my name. It's Luciana. Ah, Luciana. Well, yes. Okay. Yes, Sorry I'm about Italian. that, Luciana. No, 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 you're right. Um, I'm uh, an elderly person, but uh, I like to listen to people's point of view, especially when they talk about sexuality and everything. And I always bring them back to God's Word, regardless what denomination they are from and that. And then I usually ask them, are you a follower of Christ Jesus? And if they say, yes, I'm a Christian, well, then if you truly read and dig in into the scriptures, you will understand what God's will is in your life. Because what one thing I'm very upset is about the leaders of this denomination, especially the big heads in these churches, are they trying to win people's favor? Or are they trying to truly stick to the principles and what Christianity stands for? And that's one thing that people that should be aware. If you truly say you are a Christian, regardless what denomination you follow, then you dig in into the scriptures and and then you will understand by yourself. And that's where it becomes very confusing, especially that, you know, in this big denomination and everything accommodating all these new transition style or the same-sex marriages and everything, what kind of ideas or legacy are they leaving for the new generation, for children that they come to Sunday schools and attending church. Luciana, you have made some tremendous points there and uh, really when we understand what is it that's not movable, it comes back to this scriptural foundation and so having a deeper understanding of what the scripture teaches about marriage is so, so important. Your response, uh, Damien, for Luciana. Yeah, look, she raises some very good points. Um, Firstly about the motivation of those who have voted in this manner. Now, look, we, we can't possibly know for sure what's driving those who were 
behind this change. But I would say this, of the, I think you said 260-something voting delegates, there must have been a fair number for whom they just want the issue to go away. Now, that's by no means uh, to defend them or to provide an apology for it. But we know from last year's marriage survey vote that there were a huge number of Australians who weren't set one way or the other, sadly, but just felt that if they, they gave in, if they conceded, then maybe everything would go away. Now, we know from the marriage vote last year that certainly wasn't true. Things have just accelerated since. And I think, unfortunately, the Uniting Church uh, and, its, and its faithful will see the results of this over the coming months and years. Um, the other point that was made, uh, I'm just trying to recall, um, oh, was with regards to you know, what sort of society we're going to leave for our children. And that's a point well made as well. Um, I think there's a tendency, uh, not only by people from other denominations, to say, well, you know, it's the United Church, it's not us, it doesn't affect us, but even people from broader society to say, well, it's just a church, it doesn't affect me. But it does, because, uh, again, to use that seismic word, it does have an impact on people. It removes um, gradually, surely, albeit slowly, but surely, uh, the ability of people to, to maintain their belief. Uh, to be among people of like mind, to have their children educated according to their beliefs. Things are just going to get harder when when things like this occur. Uh, Luciana, thank you so much for your insight. Our talkback line will remain open after Vision National News. We're just a minute out from uh, from the news. I won't take another call now because I don't want to have to cut everyone off and uh, we go to news. The news doesn't wait for us. Uh, but just a quick comment from you in the lead-up to the news, uh, Damien. This idea that uh, you mentioned GAFCON, the Anglican divisions uh, that are going on, uh, this is going on around the world and uh, it is something that's likely to be in the news quite significantly over the coming times. Oh, absolutely. You've expressed it perfectly well, Neil. I think we're going to see it both in Australia and, and around the world. Dot .au. Uh, Damien's with us. Damien, let's take some more calls. A lot of people wanting to have their say on this issue. Let's hear from Cheryl, who is in Albany in Western Australia. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome along. Cheryl, are you with us? Cheryl, you might like to call us back, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Philip in Queensland. Hello, Philip. Welcome along. Hello. Philip, what are yes. your thoughts? I'm just wondering when the Uniting Church is going to start preaching the Bible as it is written. I've been an elder in the Uniting Church in Boona for 43 years, and I have watched the Uniting Church go down in a heap. And it really hurts to, to think that when um, Ivan Alcorn, who brought the uh, Uniting Church into being through his, his efforts, would stand up and say, this is the word of the Lord, walk ye in it. Uniting Church is trying to accommodate everything else that you can find, and it's not preaching the word of God. In fact, I've even asked the assembly to tell me where I can find in my Bible that homosexuality is okay. I can find everything else that says, no, it is an abomination before the Lord. And uh, But where is it that it says homosexuality is okay? Yeah. Philip, uh, good thoughts there. And as an elder in the Uniting Church, I think you said for more than 40 years, let's get a response, uh, an insight or two here from Damien Wilde. Damien, your thoughts uh, for Philip? Well, simply to say to Philip, that, you know, I, I certainly commiserate. As Neil mentioned before, I'm, I'm not a Uniting Church member myself, although I must say that my Presbyterian and congregational forebears must be, you know, rolling in their graves at the moment. Um, I, I, I think that people will in time vote with their feet. 
Um, I, I think that's a fair point to make. Uh, and I have no doubt that the Assembly of Confessing Congregations, among others, will probably be providing guidance to members of the Uniting Church who are you know, seeking a place that conforms with, with their proper understanding of, of Scripture. Thank you so much to Philip from Queensland. You can call us on 1-800-316-316. Be part of our talkback conversation. Just what flows on from what Philip is sharing here, Damien. When the church decides... Uh, to legislate something contrary to a sound foundational biblical teaching, uh, there's some alarm bells that ring. What are your thoughts for, for that idea? Well, this is where we get into sort of the difficult sort of um, uh, juxtaposition between, you know, the theological debate and how it actually plays out among congregations. You know, it, it's difficult for people at the best of times, much less when they are going to feel that a decision has been imposed upon them, um, you know, to to then uh, thereafter try to actually actively live out their faith. Um, I've been told of some country congregations who are going to be in, in a particularly difficult uh, position, you know, trying to um, live out their faith at the best of times is a challenge. Um, you know, having having a minister maintaining their church and so on, being part of a, a broader network who professes the same faith, we're going to see these sorts of issues creep even into metro areas now with with this change. I have no doubt. Um, the real, uh, the really telling thing I think for uniting church members who want to continue um, their belief in in man woman marriage is going to be what results from the confessing congregation's own meetings. I, I understand that they're yeah, in the process of um, having their own discussions now about you know, their response to these things. And I, like a lot of people, await that with interest. Yes, uh, I'm aware that there have been some meetings going on over this past week and uh, haven't heard any update. Uh, but uh, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Sue in Brisbane. Hello, Sue. Welcome along. Yeah, hello. Look, um, I just don't want this to be a judgment of anyone, but if you have a... A born again Christian who is baptized in the Spirit, wouldn't there be a discernment that, you know, when something is contrary to the Word of God? And I'm just wondering whether these people that are making these decisions, I, I don't, as I said, I don't want it to be a judgment, but I would question whether they're, you know, baptized in the Spirit because I just cannot see how a Christian cannot have that discernment if they are filled with the Spirit of God. And then I wonder whether the, you know, the division in the um, Anglican Church, where there's some that are for it and some against, whether that is the case, you know, that the ones that are for it, you know, are baptised in the Spirit and have that discernment that this is contrary to the Word of God and the others, you know, that are going along with it, maybe I'd have to question that. I don't know. Well, I think we're all on a learning curve, aren't we? And if you were painting the whole church uh, into a picture, there'd be people at uh, the start and and a lot of people who are at the beginning of their faith walk and uh, they don't have a lot of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, but they grow into a level of maturity whereby you can make those sorts of discernments about what the Word of God says, what the Scripture teaches, what Jesus actually alluded to when he was talking about marriage between a man and a woman and the two becoming one flesh. Uh, So, yes, those things are obviously, for some people who have a level of maturity, that discernment 
discernment's not so hard. For those who don't have a great level of maturity in their walk, uh, clearly they are the ones who are quite vulnerable to being persuaded one way or another. But let's get a a thought or two. Uh, Damien, your thoughts for Sue in Brisbane? Yeah, look, she raises some good points. Um, In terms of the responses I've had from people, you know, there are those who think perhaps... uh, the Australian Family Coalition put out a blog on this issue on its website last week, which attracted a fair bit of interest. And the responses we had to that were quite telling. There were people who were not, not uniting church members and thought perhaps that we were too soft and we should have just utterly condemned them as having walked off the reservation. There were people, members of the Uniting Church, who were concerned that we were tarring them all with the same brush, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And naturally, we tried to reassure them that that certainly was the case. wasn't the case. In fact, you know, we were seeking to stand in solidarity with them. Um, you know, without looking at, um, you know, at each individual uh, and their motivation and, you know, their, their standing before the Lord, I would simply say this, you know, in terms of being in the world and not being of it, they're possibly doing it wrong. Okay, thank you so much to Sue in Brisbane. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts to offer for our conversation today. Let's take a call from Tony, who is in Derby in Western Australia. Hello, Tony. Welcome along. Good morning, gentlemen. Tony, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts, I pray, are all scriptural. Uh, I find this to be a big test by God. He's purging his threshing floor. And there is so much scripture which says to us, like in Jude for verse 4, uh, there are certain men crept in unawares who will before of old were ordained to this condemnation. Second Peter has more, and I find more amazing is Paul in Acts when he's departing. He says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And I believe he's talking about sheep in wolves' clothing. Of wolves and sheep clothing, sorry. Yep. He also says, uh, also, of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things and draw away disciples after them. So uh, I firmly believe this is all written, it's going to come upon us, and uh, we have to stand firm in the faith. Isn't it why we need to have mature leaders who have a right ability to uh, be able to uh, extract truth from scripture and then to have the courage to be able to stand by those convictions uh, your thoughts for Tony Damien yeah look in response to Tony I'd say this um, the point I made at the start of, of this morning's show namely that you know if we're upset at the way the parliament legislated last year then members of the church should be even more upset at the same time while perhaps they have more to be upset about because it strikes so close to home As Tony said, we should hardly be surprised by this. Christians have known about this since we're dot, that that these sorts of challenges will come by, these sorts of um, uh, falsities, to be frank, will come along. The the real question is how we respond to them. And I've actually been looking, Neil, for an opportunity to say um, much of what I've had to say this morning, as during the marriage campaign last year, may appear doom and gloom. Uh, There is often cause to despair, but we should never... Uh, fall into that trap you know we we must look to the future always 
Uh, thank you so much to Tony from Derby. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our talkback conversation. You can also leave a note or a comment or a question on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Look, I, uh, we, we got a comment last week and I haven't had a chance to mention this, but, uh, Val in Mackay left a comment on our Facebook page. Uh, she said, Neil, the Uniting Church pushed that motion through illegally. Now, that's an interesting perspective, and uh, you might have your own thoughts on that. She says, in the basis of union, it says that matters of vital importance are to go back to the congregations for input. This was ignored. A great many of Uniting Church members are shocked and grieved. She said the Assembly of Confessing Congregations had been meeting last week. A lot of people are waiting to see what they come up with. Congregations who leave the Uniting Church have to walk out and leave their buildings, which have taken many years to pay off. However, thousands will go as they did when they started to accept homosexuals into ministry. Some stayed to fight, but it has come to this. Uh, your thoughts uh, for those sorts of ideas that are, uh, are coming from Val in North Queensland, Damien? Yeah, look, she's definitely on the money, I think, Neil, in terms of um, pointing to the fact that this is by no means the end of the matter, even from a legal perspective. Um, I've, I've heard others refer to the founding documents of union. I'm not familiar with them, I profess. It's a bit before my time. But even with regards to what occurred at the Assembly itself the other week, uh, there were a number of things called into question. Just a couple, for example, there was, of course, a substantial report that gave rise to um, the motions that changed or, or added this new definition of marriage to the United Church teaching. The report was not even permitted to be discussed prior to the debate on changing marriage itself. So they completely put the cart before the horse. Um, it was just bizarre. Secondly, there were a number of... Um, multicultural and Aboriginal uh, entities within the Uniting Church who you would have thought would be given due consultation in this process. Now, I'm advised that by no means was that adequate, and even those groups of a non-English-speaking background who were present at the, the meeting, um, they often found it difficult to participate. Interpreters struggled to keep up. There were a number of problems um, that really hindered their participation, um, I could add to these things, but I, I do think the point originally made that congregations have not been consulted um, will just sit so poorly with these churches. And whether that you know, plays out legally or at least in terms of their own decision-making processes, um, there's a lot left to play out. There really is. Okay, we'll take as many calls as we can. Let's hear from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes, hello, uh, Neil. You know, I always like to go to Second Timothy chapter 3. He said it will be the hardest, <clears throat> and in the last day, people will be boastful, proud, arrogant, lover of themselves, turning away from the sound teaching. And these are the days we're in. They will have the form of godliness, but they deny the power. These are the days we're in now. People have the form of his church. But yet the sound doctrine, the sound, the power of God removed from them because they don't have sound teaching. 
Jonathan, good thoughts in there. A form of godliness denying its power, denying the authority uh, of God and his direction when it comes to human relationships, human sexuality. Uh, Your thoughts uh, quickly, Damien? Oh, look, I think Jonathan's points are well made. You know, um, to that I'd just simply add, keep the faith. Thank you so much to Jonathan from Perth. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's hear from Maureen in South Australia. Hello, Maureen. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. Hello. God bless. Um, my thoughts are this, that um, if you're going to become a minister or a pastor or a priest, you know, we have a book, which is God, you know, he, he loves us so much. He's given us instructions just as we drive a car. So I can't understand how people who are ministers who are speaking to their congregation and to people, have they read the Word of God, which is, you know, like a two-edged sword, which would be so helpful. You know, we love people, and we want to see the best for them. And God's Word, you know, is so true. It's exactly what that young man said just before from Perth. That's all. Okay, thank you so much, Maureen. A quick thought from Damien. Well, it's interesting that, you know, Maureen talks about uh, in in this manner. You know, really, I think what we're seeing in the United Church is a microcosm of what happened last year at the marriage vote. And, you know, we do have, um, you know, a book to go by, just as last year we had a piece of legislation to go by. Uh, It's a shame that, you know, some people just want to change things for the rest of us. It's not enough to have a dissenting opinion unfortunately, it will impact on us all. Thank you so much to Maureen in South Australia. Let's take a call from Lorraine in Mackay. Hello, Lorraine. Hello, how are you? Very well, Lorraine. Need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Um, I just want to let you know that I'm a staunch Uniting Church person. I have been all my life. I actually have been a a delegate in one of the New South Wales when I used to live in New South Wales. And I want to say I'm really disappointed. We are governed by a book, a book that's been given to us from our Lord above, and it's, it's passed down through time. And, you know, it's just how I go by the Living Bible, and it, I, I mean, I use the Living Bible quite regularly, and it says quite plainly that, well, everything you're saying today, and I'm really disappointed in the Uniting Church, and I don't know where I go from here, to be honest. Okay. Well, Lorraine, thank you so much for calling in and just expressing an emotion in your opinion there. That's so, so very powerful. Uh, Just to take as many calls as we can, uh, let's take another one here. Tony is in Lidsdale in New South Wales near Lithgow. Hello, Tony. Welcome along. Yeah, hi. Tony, what are your thoughts quickly? Yeah, just a quick observation. Uh, During the marriage debate, I had a number of work colleagues who weren't professing Christians, but they actually took the um, traditional marriage view and I actually find now with these people in the Uniting Church voting for pro-same sex, I'm actually in more union with my non-Christian colleagues than I are with those who are supposedly the body of Christ. Uh, Well, that's so significant. Uh, Thought from you uh, on uh, those ideas, Damien? Yeah, look, I... I wouldn't say you're an orphan in, in terms of holding those sorts of views and, and experiences. Um, and even amongst those who did vote yes last year, I think there's an increasing amount of buyer's remorse when they see what the, the effects are. Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of basically 
um, identifying support where it is. And I think that speaks to the Uniting Church change, that regardless of our denomination, in fact, regardless of our belief or none, the people that hold to truth, wherever it's found, we do need to support each other in these times. Thank you so much to Tony. Let's take one more call, then we'll have to put a rule under the calls. Zoran is in Redcliffe in Queensland. Hello, Zoran. Welcome along. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Need to be quick, Zoran. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, the thing is, the Uniting Church, its symbol is a dove. So the dove is a symbol of Jesus. And Jesus didn't have, you know, he didn't say man go man, woman go woman. So, I mean, it, it, it's a very um, stimulating and a very sensitive subject. The thing we need to realise is that we need to look after the youth because the youth is the next generation. And if we're not teaching them correctly, who are we teaching? We're only, with them, we're only consecrating ourselves, aren't we? Zoran, good thoughts, because when we talk about the law, the law also has this educative effect, and whether that's happening through our legislative processes, whether that be local government, state or federal, it also happens with the sorts of ways that we legislate within the church. A thought from Damien for Zoran in Redcliffe. Well, in terms of talking about young people in particular, um, I mentioned before that I think people are going to vote with their feet over this. That is so much more true of young people. And I think too often churches try to be relevant when they should stick to doing what they're called to do. The church is not called to be relevant. The church is called to save souls. So that's its mission that ought to stick to it. In terms of, um, you know, the, the currents of the world, basically it, it needs to be less concerned with them and more with its core function. Zoran from Redcliffe, thank you so much for your call and just a couple of minutes remaining in our conversation uh, let me take you back and I know we haven't got time to talk about this in length but uh, at the beginning of our conversation uh, you might recall that Martin Isles who was our guest just ahead of uh, the conversation Damien he suggested it would be harder now in the Uniting Church to be able to prove that you have a theological objection to performing same-sex weddings. Uh, really, there's a weakening of that whole uh, idea of, of being a minister of religion and being able to say no. Uh, that's somewhat now weakened because of this move. What are your thoughts on that idea? Well, I think Martin's spot on, absolutely spot on. Um, in fact, I was talking to someone last week about a case study that rose in New South Wales some 20-odd years ago, if memory serves, where the Uniting Church, strangely enough, actually found itself, um, you know, the subject of anti-discrimination laws because um, Wesley Care were looking to place a child, uh, either adoption or foster care. And um, the, the question as to whether they could place the child with the same-sex couple arose and, and went legal. Now, they had to prove that uh, the importance of man-woman um, family structure and foundation was within the tenets of their teaching. And they struggled. They really struggled. Um, in fact, uh, they had to revert back to uh, Methodist teaching. They had to go back a step further to actually show um, you know, that they had an exemption to all of this. I can't help but think that we're heading down a similar path with the change um, on, on marriage teaching. 
Well, it is a bigger issue than many people will anticipate, and I'm not sure about the significance of any mainstream media coverage of this, but this certainly within the church, not just the Uniting Church, but as we said, all churches who will be forced to go back to the drawing board and to uh, put their own position when it comes to this, uh, whether they will in fact stand by the sound, uh, unambiguous teaching of the Bible, the Word of God, about human relationships and marriage, or whether they will decide that man's wisdom is bigger and greater than the wisdom that we have from God. I mean, this, uh, you know, for some people who are outside the church and have no faith in Christ, uh, this sounds like a, uh, why would they even be thinking about that? But this is really one of those things, and as you have said, uh, Damien Wilde, a seismic decision that has happened in the Uniting Church that affects all churches. I want to point people to the Australian Family Coalition because undoubtedly, Damien, there'll be lots of great articles that you'll be producing, resources for people to understand, a position when it comes to this issue and many, many others that you are talking about so regularly. It's the Australian Family Coalition, ostfamily.com.au. And uh, Damien Wild uh, just leads that organisation. And uh, let me just say thank you so much, Damien, for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. A pleasure again. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.